0: Welcome um, to Picks with the Professor, NFL Edition, Week 15. Jake, Week 15. Like, where has the time gone?
1: That's crazy because we also have Week 14 on the slides.
0: No, that was from last oh, week. Yeah. Those are Week we 14's recap. recap
1: uh, I believe that medicine is kicking in and knocking <laughs> that loopy. Uh, yeah, no, I don't know where this NFL season has gone. Uh, it's just chaos. Does it? But, uh- does it 11, feel like
0: week fourteen to you? Because cousin Jared filled in for you last week. Is this is your fourteenth week? So I guess that's kind of throwing you off, probably a little
1: bit too. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. That's, uh, that that well, we'll blame that and not me at all. So that way something something else can take the blame and not myself.
0: There you go. I, I don't think it, I don't think it was either you or cousin Jared. Last week was a, was really our first down week of this season, as you can see over on the season's been really good. They can't all be winners, unfortunately, uh, and I don't think it had anything to do with with you not being here or him being on the show. I think really it was just the A grade sides you can see. That's what's carried us, of course, uh, as it does in in most of our ventures. And and they went two and three last week, and that was their worst week by far. But again, A great sides with a twenty three percent ROI still in the season. So I mean, nothing to complain about when you have these small sample sizes. It's it's honestly surprising it hasn't happened yet because you do expect, you know, you, you know, there can only be four or five or so A grades, you know, in a week. And you kind of expect every once in a while something unfortunate to happen like that. But thankfully, we've had way more four and ones than two and threes. Not that we're limiting to five picks. I'm just throwing that as an example. So as you can see, you've done really well. Split totals. Uh, and I talked about this on the, some other time, I don't even remember when, it, where it was. We, we went with two totals of the day. Uh, on Sunday in weather games, and that just completely flopped. And, and that sometimes happens. And I, I was frustrated at myself because we talked in the Discord about the Bengals Colts game, that that seemed like a good overspot. And we took that, and there was um the, the Raiders game that I was messaging Ken I was like, why didn't we take that under? Like we kind of knew that you know they had a good defense and they were struggling offense and, and that number was too high. And the model loved the under. And why didn't we take so kind of just kicking myself last week a little bit with some of the choices, but but you know, that sort of thing is going to happen on occasion. You know, we're not going to be perfect, unfortunately, but still really happy with what we've seen overall. Here's our slate for week 15. And you'll notice all Sunday games, you might see a play of the day pop up. If you're with us on Black Book, you can sign up for this sh- in the show description. It typically, just gets the college basketball. And MLB play of the day occasionally drop some NFL plays in there. You might see one of those this week for a specific Sunday uh, game as well. Uh, Maybe a Saturday game. We'll see what happens. And of course, if you're with us on Dub Club, you get everything, including the play of the day. Uh, But Jake, we have an A grade play for Saturday uh, that's already been posted to Dub Club. But Jake, I personally like a play on Thursday. We're not talking about that game and and you don't, you know, so, Hey, you know, we, people always, you know, how, why do they always agree on everything? Cause when we don't agree. We just don't talk about it, you know, cause we got other things to talk about. We don't, you know, we're not trying to talk about every game. If we did, we would talk about how we disagree on that game and why we disagree. It would probably make for good television, but unfortunately we only have so much time here and, and we've wasted already, you know, three minutes of that time, but we've got seven games to talk about a bunch of other information over there on dub club and all those picks. If you want them, there is a link. QR code, if you're with us on YouTube, again, link in the show description, saves $5 off your first month, it locks in the 2023 pricing forever, so that when prices jump, uh, that does not affect you, so sign up today if you haven't yet, otherwise, we'll get right to it here with Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern, Chicago and Cleveland, Jake, Joe Flacco, um, playing okay not great, but still better than a bunch of the really terrible quarterbacks. I guess that's the most positive thing I could say about him. Justin Fields, honestly, I feel like Justin Fields has been everything that we thought he would be coming into this season, which is occasionally makes a good throw, occasionally runs a lot, runs pretty well, one of the best running quarterbacks in the game, but just kind of run of the mill. I think there was a lot of buzz around Fields this year, probably because of fantasy football, because so many people play fantasy football. if he's getting those rushing guards and rushing touchdowns, that, that matters a lot for fantasy. But overall, just kind of ho-hum. Believe it or not, people, we've still got Fields as the better quarterback in this matchup. And that's probably part of the difference in making up the home field advantage. Otherwise... As you can see on screen, if it wasn't for the quarterbacks, these two teams would be dead even. But as it is with the quarterback, with Chicago having a slight edge there, not to take away anything that Joe Flacco has done of late, because it's been fairly impressive at times, but he's also had some moments at times where he hasn't looked good, where he's really shown his age. The quarterback difference is why sideline thinks Chicago is slightly better. Then you go on the road, it cancels out. The model says this is a straight-up coin toss, 50-50, so we're going to be all over plus 152 it's an a great pick jake i have no idea what happens and that's exactly why i love plus 152 because either one of these teams could win this game or lose by 20 or by three who who knows and i just be like sure like these two teams just who, who 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 really knows so this is all about the price plus
1: 152 is just yeah that's up yeah i absolutely love the price here uh I lean like I think Chicago wins this game, but with a toss, I think this game is such a toss up. You could tell me a thousand different things happened. Yeah. I think all of them are possible. Like it could be three to nothing, like or one hundred to eighty eight. Uh, who knows? I mean, Cleveland's defense is a little bit better to give up than giving up that. But uh, I mean, Joe Flacco is probably the freest he's been able to play. There's got to be absolutely no pressure there. He's got some good receivers, but I think. Uh, Chicago's defense has picked it up a little bit they're running the ball they're figuring out ways to make sure Dj Moore touches it which I don't know why it took till week 10 or so to figure out that he needs to touch the ball uh o- almost every every other play uh and I think that is a really key for success so get some running game I mean uh, you don't really have to have a great running back when you've got a guy like Justin fields out there and Cleveland's offense can show flashes of it I mean a couple like Njoku is a great receiver. You got a Mari Cooper, and Flacco can make open throws, but I I just don't want to put my faith there. I want to take the plus odds. I'd rather risk like the one point one nine units rather than flipping that and risking like almost two units to what to to make the system work. I'm not a fan of that. I know it's Chicago going to Cleveland on the road, but I'm going to take my chances with Justin Fields running it and DJ Moore.
0: Yeah. And never bad if you can, you know, w- knowing that the bears are getting D.J. more involved and of course, how talented he is. Um, I, you know, never bad to put your faith in that. Uh, to, to me, these two teams are much closer in talent than their records would indicate. And that's one of the things that we want to talk about here and be, be cognizant of, of, Obviously, one of these teams has won, I I think, three more games than the other one. I think one's five and eight, one's eight eight and five. But, you know, think about Denver would be a great example, right? Nobody would say that Denver is the same team now that they were the first four weeks, right? Does that mean they're going to win the Super Bowl? Probably not, but they are a different team. They're a better team, right? Teams. Um, can have wins and losses and just be a completely different team later on based off of injuries, based off of trades, based off of bringing in a guy like Joe Flacco. the model just still doesn't quite believe in yet. And on top of that, you know, you can win a bunch of close games. And of course, the one that everyone talks about in this regard is, is the Pittsburgh Steelers with all of their close wins and the number of games that they've been outgained uh, and yet won, which is just kind of a bonker set. You kind of saw it culminate all together last week in, in the way that game started against a very hapless Patriots team. And that's, I think, the bottom line is that we have to understand that there is more valuable information than just wins and losses. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't care about wins and losses, because that's why you play. I I get that as as someone who who played college athletics myself. I, I totally understand that. But we don't really... Uh, care about resumes. We don't really care about that from our standpoint as gamblers. We just are trying to make the best prediction. And if we want to make the best prediction and a sample size of 13 games who won or lost, isn't really relevant, especially when you know the final score, especially when you know the yards, especially when you know uh, some of the efficiency metrics, especially when you know some of the turnovers, because we know that kind of gets certain turn about half of turnovers kind of can be fluky based off what type of turnover you're talking about, you know, all those extra details that go into the football game are, are, are what's predictive. And the once you know all that stuff, who wins and losses is really actually kind of noise. And so um I know some people would be surprised. And I guess why we're getting value on this. I think everyone's hey, eight and five team at home versus a five and eight team. They should be favored. I I feel like this is not not so fast, my friend. And I'm not saying that Cleveland can't win, obviously. We think it's a straight up coin toss. I have no idea, but to think that Cleveland should be massive favorites here like they are just seems a little bit absurd to me. Cleveland's not bad. Chicago's not bad. Neither team is bad. They're both just very okay football teams at this point, but I like what I've seen from Chicago. They're at least moving in the right direction. I'm not saying Cleveland isn't, it just makes this a really interesting competitive ball game. Plus 152 is a great value, which takes us to a, a, a similar spot, right? I think we're getting value in that last game because. People are not understanding that, that you know all wins aren't created equally and, and that sort of thing and, and strength of schedule matters, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think we're getting value on this one simply because what I always like to say, Jake, is that you're never as good as you look at your best and you're never as bad as you look at your worst. And, who boy, Green Bay is coming off of a game that, that, that was in prime time and everybody saw how they lost to the Giants. And so I think everyone is saying, oh, Green Bay is terrible. And it's just one game. Every team has good games, bad games, confusing games. I think if you watch that game, if you look deeper into some of what happened with Green Bay offensively, you you might be in defensively. You might be a little confused. But that doesn't mean we want to throw out the previous four weeks where Green Bay looked like the much better team here. Tampa's not a bad team, a little bit more low scoring, but Green Bay is the better team here at home this is a case where, as opposed to the first game, we think Green Bay should be favored by more than they are. So we're going to go minus 175. As with Chicago, here with Green Bay, you can go points. You can go money line. We like to go money line, and generally we take a few more dogs than favorites. Uh, but again, I always just love mine since being aligned with the coaches. I Many of y'all heard me. I love playing in the money line side of the pool because it's probability, which is my strong suit. And I can help communicate that to you and help y'all play in that side of the pool too. I think there's a lot of money made just because people don't understand math. And so that's why I like the money lines, but you do you viewer. If you want to lay the points, lay the points. Uh, or if you want to take the points with the bears in the first game, do that. Whatever you want to do. We think the Packers aren't getting enough respect. I mean, a little disrespected after what was a bad performance, no bones about it on Monday night football, Jake, what are your thoughts on this one?
1: I think I think Jordan Love got a little bit unlucky. Um, I think he is much more like the previous two three games he's had than he is this one. Uh you know, I mean only throwing for two hundred and eighteen yards. That that's not like it's not been typical for him here recently. Uh it seems that Green Bay kind of figured him out. Uh the running backs really didn't help him out. I mean, you had AJ Dillon with 15 carries and only 50 yards, and the defense didn't help, help him out. So I think this was just a bad just bad luck game where, I mean, Jordan Love's basically a rookie. I mean, I know he's been practicing for, what, three, four years, but uh, he's basically a rookie out there, and so he's going to have games where he, he's going to need his teammates to pick him up. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't. They're... And I think he snaps back and looks really good against this Tampa Bay team who really hasn't beat a solid team all year. Their their wins are Vikings, Bears, Titans, Panthers, and Falcons. None of those teams you're going to go – that's that's a win you want to have. Oh, sorry, I left out the Saints. And the Saints aren't eh. – anyway. But it's – uh, I just don't see where Tampa Bay, especially if like the whole Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, like – it seems like they can't get both of them going with Baker. It's either one or the other, and that is not great to not use one of the best tools on your on your offense. um And I just I don't trust Baker here, I, especially on the road in cold weather, where uh like where you're looking at a warm weather team that's used to playing in that warmer weather. I think the cold weather at Green Bay makes it makes throwing the ball harder, because um, catching it's harder because every stings when it, <laughs> they rocketed in there and i just i really like green bay here i think jordan love snaps back and we got getting a ton of value because they got beat by a giant team who is bad and has something to rally around a little bit with tommy devito and that's just fun so they won a game i mean even carolina's won a game
0: it, yeah it, it's like we always talk about right you know you could throw that game out or you know Kind of more what the model does is is treat it like, you know, 10% ish, you know, of how we view uh, the Packers. And so that doesn't necessarily mean that the Packers can't do that again, because obviously they can. And they've had some stinkers earlier in the season as well. And that's part of the reason why they, you know, are only at the 11th best team overall, according to Sideline. And as we talked about last week with cousin Jared. That's partially because teams are just it's like a war of attrition, as we kind of see over here in the NFL teams are falling because of injuries and, and uh, giving up and that sort of thing. And, and the top you know five or six are pretty strong, and then it gets real murky after that. And Green is a team that, depending on how they look, might throw their hat in the, throw their hat in the ring and say they might be a top 10 team. After a performance like that, you'd say they're not a top 10 team. The truth, as with many things in life, is often somewhere in the middle. Right. Maybe not as good as they looked at their best, not as bad as they looked at their worst, but I think people are overreacting and this price should be a little bit higher. So we're going to take advantage of that with Green Bay at minus 175. And speaking of things just going wrong, Houston, my goodness. Um, you know, I, I don't even know what there's to say other than like the entire Texans team seemed hurt. Um, Part of that is going forward. The team still has some injury question marks. And so basically like half of their skill players in the model are listed at 50%. Obviously, most notably on that, CJ Stroud, uh, who's in concussion protocol and have him right now is 50-50. No idea if he's going to play, obviously being Sunday game helps if it's a Saturday game or or for them, worst case scenario, a Thursday game would be even less likely. We don't really know at this point recording you know, late on Tuesday night if he's going to be able to give it a go. And that's part of the reason why their are off. down to 18 because they have a lot of guys hurt. And when those guys are out completely, their offense is even worse than that. Still think their defense is good. I know they gave up a bunch of points to the jets, but the same thing we just talked about with the Packers applies here to the Texans. That was a terrible game. Every, everything went wrong. Um, not to say that can't happen again to the Titans. Absolutely. But, this team is much better than they look there. And this one, I think we're getting great value because of that. People, the, the fact that we're getting plus odds on, on this Texans team it gets a Titans team that I, I just can't find any real reason to be optimistic about it blows my mind. Plus 122 A great picks. Highline says the Texans win the 63% of the time. Jake, to me, the bottom line on Texans is it really reminds me of what happened with us with the Mariners back uh, two summers ago. I guess that was summer of 2022. Uh, and a little bit to some extent with the Guardians, we kind of did the same thing that year. We kind of just backed them. Not every single game. There were a few games we were off of. There were a few games we faded them, which is more tenable over the course of one hundred and sixty-two games. But from the midpoint of the season on, you know those those back ninety games, I feel like we probably backed the Mariners and the Guardians and. Probably 70 and 60, respectively. We didn't win them all, but we won a lot off those teams. And that's kind of how I feel about the Texans. It just seems like we are higher than them on the market. And so far, the model's been proven right. We've made a lot of money backing them. You saw last week. We aren't going to win them all. That's okay because the model provides us with two ways to win. Number one, it's a situation like we talk about with Green Bay where we say people are overreacting, and this is a good week to take advantage of that. But number two, a situation where we just think that a team is massively over or undervalued. We kind of just ride them or fade them all season, and we know we're not going to go 16-0, and 0, but if we go 10-6, and 6, that's going to be a good profit. And for the Texans, at plus odds, it's just too good to pass up. A-grade value here. Jake, you're a Titans fan. What are the reasons that the Titans should be favored in this game? I'm not seeing them. The model's not seeing them. Is there any real good reason you can think of other than maybe the Texans don't, aren't able to fill the team?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's injury-related, and uh, a lot of it will CJ, CJ Stroud not knowing. Uh, I mean, Levin's looked good last game. I won't take anything from him, but I, trying to see him do that two games in a row, I, I highly doubt it. Even though this Texans team just gave up, made Zach Wilson look like an All-Pro player, uh, so I don't think we see that twice in a row where that Houston makes a subpar QB look really good. Uh, I mean, Lord, Miami could not figure out where DeAndre Hopkins was out out, out on the field ever, and Will Levis just just repeatedly finding him wide open. uh, and I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is a great receiver, but I mean, Lord, you think that defense would have done something about it. And then Houston should be able to run the ball a bit better than what they did. Uh, I mean, Davis Mills is going to be a little, like, even if he doesn't go, he's going to be a little more prepared than he, what he was for going into this one because I don't know that the last time he took snaps in practice was. I, I doubt it was anytime recently because CJ Shroud's a rookie. Uh, I just I don't see where the Titans even at home are gonna be able to pull this off. I don't think that was kind of a miracle comeback. What was that fourteen points in less than a minute or something like that? I I don't think we're think the Texans are gonna let that happen. And we don't need my like with Miami, I think it was 13 and a half. You don't need the two touchdowns, you just need one point. And this is I think this is a very, very smart play.
0: Yeah, I think people are looking at the, the last weeks to say that the, the Titans just one at Miami and the the Texans just lost at the Jets and that's bonkers results. Absolutely. And and if you, if you ask sideline to predict this game before those results, the model probably would have said Houston has a 70% chance to win or something like that, even higher. It's come down from that. It's just, I'm not sure why we should overreact to a sample size of one when we've seen before that, this titans team is 5 and 8 and we talked earlier about records not necessarily always being accurate but in this case i kind of think it is i think that just is who they are they've played a bunch of close games and even their you know most of their wins have been close games they only beat the panthers by a touchdown and entering monday monday night football contest the panthers was the only win they had in their previous 5 games uh, a stretch coming You know, not just so coincidentally, after they traded away, probably their best defensive player, benched their quarterback to try out the rookie in Will Levis, who has some moments, as you pointed out, but in general is not a very good quarterback and honestly not as good as Tannehill. It's just that they're not happy with Tannehill. Why not see what you have in the kid? I get it, but that makes them less good here. Uh, today, you know, lost at home to the Colts, got thumped by the Jaguars, got thumped by the Buccaneers, lost to the Steelers. They w- they won against the Falcons who can't really seem to, to win away from home. Um, you know, there's just not a lot to be excited here about the Titans. They, they beat the Bengals early in the season when Joe Burrow just was completely immobile and couldn't move around before Burrow was playing really well before he unfortunately got hurt again. You know, it was a great win against the Dolphins, and nobody saw that coming for the most part. And I say nobody, I'm sure somebody did. But but there's a reason the Dolphins are favored by 13 and a half. We didn't touch it. We thought it was a pretty reasonable number. But the fact that the Titans won that game doesn't prove a lot. And what I mean by that, I guess, is if they were to play that game again tomorrow, the Titans wouldn't be favored over the Dolphins, right? We, we, we would never say that. We would still say the Dolphins are the better team. They lost him now. If the Titans beat him again and then they played and they beat him again and they played and they beat him at some point, we would say, Okay, now the Titans, we wouldn't say they are the better team, but we can't ignore the rest of the season, the rest of the data we have. And this Titans team, I don't know a, again, a great win, like you said, and the Texas team, a terrible loss. Uh, but Davis, I don't think is a bad quarterback. you right, he probably hasn't, he probably has had snaps in practice, but he's probably not been with the number ones. He probably hasn't had any with the number ones because there's no reason for that, uh, to happen. He's a decent enough quarterback if he has to play. It won't be in the, the mess of that weather against the Jets, and I think this is the perfect storm of one team looks terrible one week, one team looks great one week, and then they play to the next week, and it's like, oh, well, the obvious money is look at the Titans, what they've done, and then I, I think we're going to look back on this game. and I could be wrong. Anything can happen, right? And and, and even according to sideline, there's a 37% chance the Titans win. There's a real good chance the Texans win this game by two touchdowns, and we look back on it and go, yeah, that was kind of obvious. I don't know why we were fooled about the Texans having one tragic week and the Titans having one good week. Like, we know who the better team is, and it's not particularly close, especially when the Titans threw in the towel. This is a Titans team that I was I thought long talked about. I thought was I was much higher on coming into the season. Injuries, close losses, but then they threw in the towel, and they're just not
1: that good at this point is what it seems. Yeah, and I mean, the, the franchise is already – shifted to looking forward. That's that's why you're seeing Levis. So you're seeing a lot more Tajay Spears. And I mean defensively, this was I mean they played a decent game defensively, but and a lot of that probably had to do with the benefit of Tyreek Hill being out for a bit because I mean he's he's a world game changer and who knows what happens if he stays in the whole game. Um and I just I don't have a lot of faith like faith in the Titans defense to, to make the same kind of plays they did at the end of the game. I um, I mean, they benefited from some stupid plays that the Miami made. Uh, I think Houston's gonna come out with with their pants on fire here and really have something to prove.
0: Yeah, absolutely. They, they and they do have a lot to prove at this point, being in the thick of a division race that we're turning. It's turning into a nobody wants to win it type situation. Uh, as good of a story as both the Texas Jaguars, where I think we were a lot of us were skeptical, as just how good they were. Um, you know, could they quite keep that up? And both teams have shown maybe not as good as those records, but still better than they've probably looked recently, and that's just a perfect segue into the aforementioned Jets and Dolphins. Here we go, as these two teams now match up. Jake, I feel like we've said everything we already need to say about this game in the last game. It's wild how those two teams just switched opponents, but just like with that one, the Dolphins are not as bad as they look. The Tyreek Hill situation obviously was big, but even without that, the Dolphins team should have played better. They get a chance to play better this week and this Jets team now going on the road just isn't as good as they looked. I think we're staking a lot of this on. It's week 15. Every team has played 13 games by now and to act like the last data point of the 13 should be half of your handicap seems a bit much. So basically I feel like our whole approach this week is those first 12 games tell us probably a lot more than the last one. And if that's the way you view the world, while well, that Jets defense is incredible, you have to remember that the Dolphins are still one of the top five teams in football. Miami by 13.4 on average. So we're going to like the eight and a half. Only a C grade pick. Kind of a C plus pick here. Would really like it at seven. I don't think you're ever going to see a seven. In reality, this is one, as long as you're getting single digits, I definitely think it's worth being in your card. At least if you can get an eight, Teams sometimes win by eight now, especially with a new extra point situation, but eight and a half still worth a play. Again, just kind of backing on the theory that we've seen the Dolphins blow a lot of teams out, a lot of bad teams out. The Jets, as good as they looked against the Texans, they're still a bad team unless they really turn things around and have a lot of good games to balance out all those bad games we've seen from them. Jake, I'm just not buying into Zach Wilson at this point. Great game by him, but he's not a miracle worker at this point. I I, I don't think he's going to be able to put up 30 points
1: again this week no that that was he he pulled that one out right when he needed to keep his starting job probably for the rest of the year um after being benched earlier like i i think this is a terrible spot new york is going to be riding high the jets are going to come in riding high and they're catching a miami team that is very angry about how that one ended uh they've also got a very good pass defense with jalen ramsey leading the way with three interceptions and he didn't even come in till late in the year. Uh they get after the quarterback. They don't allow a lot of rushing yards. And I just don't know where the Jets offense is going to show up again. I know the Jets defense is good and we're getting this number partially because of injuries because they Miami lost, I mean obviously Tyreek Hill, but who knows if he's going to play or not. And as soon as it announces he's going to play that number he's going to shoot up. But the center I think is also a big big piece to lose. Um, not exactly sure how how the backup rates to him. But I don't think it's going to be quite the difference that this line makes us out makes it out the seam. I think this is a ten to twelve point win for the Miami. Um, so I, I'm eight and a half. I think it's a really good play because that offense. I mean, H.A.N., H-A-N however How are you supposed to say his name? Can absolutely just take off and be a game changer. Or Mozart's a good good running back. Tua's good. We got Waddle. There's too many weapons on this team for them to be held ba- held down by this Jets defense, especially with some of the bad spots that Zach Wilson's going to put them in.
0: Yeah, exactly. And uh, we do, have, of course, the uh, Dolphins center, I believe Connor Williams, I believe is his name, out. And that is a big loss for them, absolutely. And I think maybe the only the point I would make, because obviously the, the backup does not grade out very well, the, the point is more so the model knows he's out and is saying, yeah, with him in this probably is Miami by 14 or 14 and a half or something like that extra a boost. But, you know, obviously we know that quarterbacks are the only position in, in football that are ever worth more than a field goal. And the players that are worth that are non-quarterbacks that are worth up to a field goal are few and far between. And they come in those extreme situations. Uh, Travis Kelsey for the Chiefs because of all their receiver issues, right? And of course, how good he is. You know, he's a guy that you could argue might be worth up to a field goal. The right tackle, uh, I guess the the left tackle, but the correct tackle on the right team. We saw it with San Francisco uh, when they lost Trent Williams, right? Uh, You know, that sort of situation can be, you know, worth a couple of points. But either way, we've already got that accounted for. It's the benefit of the player-based model. Do have Hill as questionable at this point. He played enough in that game. You hope he can give it a go by Sunday. Again, the same sort of thing with Stroud and a bunch of those Texans. In fact, it's a Sunday game maybe helps him get on the field. But like you said, even then, there's just too many weapons. We've seen this Jets offense just sputter too many times. It was a great third quarter for the Jets. But just remember, they still scored zero points in the first half. And that's more like the Jets that we know than that third quarter that got just absolutely bonkers. And the Dolphins offense is much better than... The fact that the Texans were basically playing their unprepared B string <laughs> or B team uh, by the end of that game. So again, main point here: just saying, hey, don't get too distracted by last week. At week two, maybe get distracted because it's fifty percent of your data for this year. You use a little bit of you know last season's what you know about that sort of thing. But by this point of the season, we should not be overreacting as much as the market is. And that's a great segue to Chiefs and Patriots. But Jake, all these games we've been talking about have been, hey, 12 weeks of data matters. Don't overreact to one week. This is a little bit the opposite. This has been, we've been preaching the same thing about this Chiefs team, and the market just continues to not react. Cousin Jerry talked about it last week that of all teams that the books are missing on totals, they're missing the Chiefs overestimating them by about seven points per game. It's the number one biggest discrepancy in all of the NFL. Only one of their team is up there close with them. And I, I, I don't know. I've said it now last week that fading the Chiefs and playing the under, teasing those together has been a playoff I made for, for now three weeks in a row. It's won all three weeks. I'm going to do it again here for four weeks in a row. But of the two ways you can kind of fade the Chiefs offense – I like backing their defense here even more because that New England offense is terrible and the New England defense is great. Sideline says 34 points. We're going to go under 37, uh, 37 here, kind of a, a key number. Uh, Jake, what are your thoughts on this one?
1: uh <coughs> um, I think the Chiefs defense is vastly underrated, and Bailey Zappi is not that guy. What you saw last week was the Steelers being weird. And, I mean, that was still only 21 points. It's not like they lit the world on fire, uh, scoring-wise. And and with Pacheco being out, there's a reason he beat out CEH, that this offense is much, much slower than people want to give him credit for. Um, there's no there's nobody taking the top off the defense. And if they do, they happen to drop the ball more times than they catch it. Uh I mean Kelsey's getting older, so he's not turning those 10, 15 yard passes and running through people and getting 30-40 out of them. It's it's catch and stop. Uh I just there's a lot of I don't know, I guess belief in Patrick Mahomes and that he can just turn me and you into all pro receivers, but i I mean, you probably could, but uh, that's—I just man—I don't see it here against these NFL defenses. I mean, New England's always had a really good defense, especially at home, and Belichick is known for absolutely taking your your legs out and making you try to beat beat him somewhere else. Even with the rumors going around that he might be done at the end of the year, I just—I don't—I still think he's going to come out, get these guys prepared, and the Kansas City offense is going to have a hard time scoring. New England's offense is going to find it near impossible. I mean, they've been shut out two, maybe three times this year and scored under 10 a handful of times. I think that's the kind of score we get out of them. And I don't see Kansas City putting up 40, 30, 40 points to get over this number.
0: Yeah. Now, type of the truth, there, there, there are some 37s out there. There's 37 and a half, too. You go ahead and get the win on 37 if you can. But 37 but is the key number. You don't want to get that one, you know. Sooner rather than later, if you only have a shop at 37, take the 37, but shop around. There's multiple shops with 37 and a half out there, so you get the win on 37. 37 is your key number in the 30s, your most common score in the 30s. It's not 38. People would think 38, but five touchdowns and one field goal is less likely than four touchdowns and three field goals. Is and of course, you have the whole weird extra point two point conversion thing that's made scores a little bit more random, uh, here in the last few years. But to me, the bottom line, as you talked about here, this um Patriots defense is still good, the offense is terrible, but the pace of these teams just isn't there. The Chiefs have just been consistently a team that just can't get it going on offense, and they're still good because anytime you put Mahomes and Kelsey out there, they're going to be good. It's just they aren't elite like they have been before, but that defense has come around and been pretty good. It's a pretty impressive effort to hold the Bills to only 20 points. That Bills offense is very good. Uh, so I don't really think there was anything to be ashamed of with that. So again, as we talked about so many weeks down in a row, the market is still respecting the Chiefs offense too much. And the biggest ways to fade, them, of course you could take their team total under if that's the way you play it, or as I've been doing, you know, fading the Chiefs and playing the under as a teaser um, gonna continue to do that again, but I like the under a little bit more than taking all the points with the Patriots, specifically because egg and 37 being a key number, getting the push or win on that, depending on your number, but also potential weather issues in New England, making that a little bit uglier. And on top of that, I don't know if anything's gonna come of the weird way the Chiefs lost that game. I'm not buying into any controversy on it because I mean the guy threw the the ref threw the flag. 25 feet in the air. I saw it as the play was happening. When it happened, I didn't know if it was on offense or defense, but I mean, the flag was launched like at the snap. So, I mean, it was, it, it means there's a controversy because it's not like the touchdown happened. It's like, Oh, now we've got to throw a flag. That would be maybe a controversy, but the flag was out there, but I know the chiefs players are upset. Um, Honestly, I think they probably need to do a little bit more looking in the mirror rather than blame everybody else for their own problems. That's a, that's a whole other issue. But when you do that and you start blaming everyone else for your problems, you, how is that going to have them come out? Right? Are they going to come out and try to destroy the Patriots? Maybe they do, and that's why I like the under the under even more because if they destroy the Patriots, I kind of think they destroy them like you know thirty-one to three <laughs> type game, uh, and and, and we still win the under. So again, I'm going to try the teaser again just because it's worked three weeks in a row. Uh, I am thinking about a teaser of the week type thing. I kind of mentioned that in the comments last week. It is on my mind. Um, last week, it was a little bit tougher to find games. People we'll find a good a good teaser too this weekend to, to make as an official pick for our people over on Dub Club. But uh, uh, we've been still talking about those, in, of course, in the, in, the, in the Discord chat about the teasers. This is another great opportunity in my mind just because I don't think I made that many points. So I like the under 37 and a half. And as much as teasing totals is not necessarily advised, if you can find a way to get... Under forty-four and a half. It, it, it's not a lock, obviously, but the probability you hit that is pretty good. And so it's it's one of the few totals that you should consider teasing. I'm not saying it's 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 you know the end all be all, but it is one to consider. It's been working for us here. Uh so another under in the Chiefs game. Which we'll like us to the late afternoon spot here, San Francisco at Arizona. 49ers are really good. That's all there is to it. I mean, I don't know what else to say about it. I think the defense is a little bit underrated there. Model has them at number one best defense uh, in the land offense at number three. Flip those, I don't know. I mean, at some point, it's tough to say. With with the Niners offensively, you're competing with uh, the Dolphins and and the Cowboys. Obviously, the Dolphins could put up points like crazy. The Cowboys have just been scoring off anybody lately. So, So you got some competition. This Niners offense is right up there with them. I'm not trying to say... One's better or worse. They're all really good. And and defensively, you know, the top teams are competing with It's all really close. This is a really good team. It's the number one team, according to the model. The Cardinals, not so much. Niners are favored big. They should win big. We're going to talk about the total though. Pace doesn't matter a ton in football, but you see this Niners team is like, just not really in a hurry. (laughs) Cardinals aren't in a hurry. And while the Cardinals defense is not good, and the Niners should be able to score as many points as they want, I just don't have a lot of faith in the Cardinals scoring that many points. We're going to go under 48. Uh, 48 here, kind of a key number. Uh, Model projects 44.4. So the model's thinking this should be more in the mid-40s. We're going to get a number that's in the upper 40s and think that this game getting to 50 is not overly likely because it's going to be hard for the Cardinals to score. Obviously, the Niners will score, but the Niners getting all this by themselves not something we think will happen especially this point of the season if they get up big right this is pull your starters uh stay healthy that sort of thing jake what are your thoughts
1: yeah i mean that's exactly i think niners get up big early and we go to sleep um arizona here is uh, their biggest weapon is kyler murray being able to move around and Mm -hmm. san francisco has a very very athletic front seven that can really keep him contained you're not worried about anybody on the outside i mean rondo moore is special sometimes when he gets the ball. But he's also a very tiny little guy and has a hard time getting the ball sometimes. Um, Connor's good. The line's not there to help him out. Uh, I just I don't see where Arizona's going to score. And I don't think San Francisco has any reason. I mean, they put up 42 on the Eagles, but they were mad about the Eagles. I think there's a little budding rivalry there. I don't think they're going to try to do that again. I think we're going to get maybe in the 30s, upper 20s, get up real early and just go put it to sleep. I'm, I'm calling my shot on this one, obviously, I, a, a little
0: facetiously, right? Uh, we always talk about we're never trying to predict the exact outcome of a game, and on average, we think mid-40s. Uh, I think the most likely outcome, if I had to predict a score, 31-13 in this one. I, I don't see Arizona... Scoring a ten, Of course, you never know with special teams and offensive turnovers and blah, 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 right? Any weird thing can happen. that No one expected a number of results from last week. Last week, there were a, weird, a, few, a few weird things that happened, of course. But I'm um, like, you, you know, San Francisco, you know, 27, 28, uh, 31, right? In that ballpark, kind of topping out in the 34, 35 range. And then Arizona kind of in the, you know, 10, 13, you know, type range. A lot of ways this stays in the 40s. That makes under 48. A pretty good pick and then our last pick for this show here late sunday afternoon dallas and buffalo i have to assume this will be one of the national you know the national game of the week here according to sideline number two versus number five buffalo has been a team long talked about better than their record bunch of unlucky losses bad turnover luck all sorts of things the model absolutely believes in this bills team but they're kind of a notch behind. You, you really, at this point, have to think the Niners and the Cowboys are your two best teams. And obviously, I'm well aware of what happened in that one game. But again, the idea that we in football, for whatever reason, think because Team A beat Team B, that means Team A is better than Team B, is, is a little bit absurd to me. It makes no sense. We would never do that in baseball. Otherwise, the Royals would be the World Series champs you know, 50 to 60 times a year. Um obviously that was an impressive game by the Niners. And I'm not saying the Cowboys are necessarily better than the Niners, but I think the Cowboys are closer to the Niners in that top tier than the next teams down the teams after that have some flaws. This bill's team is good. It's well-rounded. It's just not quite as good as what the Cowboys have done offensively. And as much as I like that defense this Cowboys defense has actually been playing pretty well themselves. Got the Cowboys here as the second best team in football. And while I'm, very high in the model, I guess I should say. is very high on the Bills. So I think so says the Cowboys can go on the road and win this 52% of the time. We got us a classic wrong team favored game. Jake, you know we love those. Plus 120 on the Cowboys B grade. Model thinks they should be the slight favorites, not the other way around. And this has been one of our bread and butters for a long time here, getting plus odds in a team that we think should get the slight minus odds. What are your thoughts? Yeah, this is
1: one of my favorite plays on the board. <clears throat> I mean, Dallas' defense has really been the catalyst since turned around. The offense has been relatively the same level all year. I mean, the Eagles game where they outplayed them and just didn't have the points on the scoreboard. Uh, After that, they've just been kind of, besides the Seahawks game, tearing through teams, keeping them at 17 to like points or less and doing that with some pretty good offenses. I mean, they kept the Eagles at 13. Uh, I mean, the commanders are not great, but I mean, only scoring 10 is big. I don't know what exactly happened to the Seahawks game where they got 35, but that's when, that's why you have an offense as good as Dallas is to make up for your weakness. I mean, I, I don't know. CeeDee Lamb to me is just very Megatron-esque where he is just very, like just quietly puts up just stupid numbers every game. Um, and you can just, you're going to have soon enough. You're going to see that that there's always that meme where the saints, I think we're putting two guys at the line of scrimmage on Megatron. It's going to be, it's going to have to be something like that because he just gets open and against good defenses, bad defenses. He is just so good. Um, Dak is playing out of his mind argument for the MVP level right now. I just, I'm very confused about this line. I I like Buffalo, but I mean, it's not like they've been on a tear and really turned it around. They're, what three and two in their last five and i mean they did beat the chiefs in kansas city but they got they lost late to the eagles uh, lost close one to the broncos it's not like they're doing something special out there it's i think there's a little more a little too much belief in josh allen and Stephon diggs because he's kind of disappeared here recently as a fantasy owner it's been frustrating uh but it's i don't know I, i'm very confused i think dallas should have been favored by two to three points here. I I think Dallas is that much better right now.
0: And and that's kind of what the model's projecting. It says Dallas by two would be a pretty good number. Maybe it'll end up there. You know, we never know where the numbers is going to go. We very rarely try to predict it. Um, But, you know, sidelines saying, here the Bills could get 20, 21, 24 points. And that would actually be a pretty impressive output against the Cowboys, as you mentioned, for what they've looked like the last month, month and a half. Um, but, but if they do that knowing, and, and again, nothing is the bill's defense, The bill's defense is at, is good, but you know, we saw the bills give up 17 of the chiefs. And I'm not, again, I'm not trying to imply that that's like the end all be all, but we talked about the chief's offense being a step behind this Dallas offense at sideline ranks as number one, uh, again, not to take anything away from, you know, the niners and the dolphins, but one of these really top defenses has a chance to, you know, if, if Buffalo only gets 20, 21, 24, Always got a really good chance to win. This doesn't mean they will win. It just means they've got at least a 50-50 shot because this offense seems to be putting up 30 points a game just at will. And and if they get 30 with the way that defense is playing, it makes them really tough to beat. And again, according to the model, the only team that's, that's, that's ahead of them is the Niners who we saw handle them, right? But beyond that, the way this Cowboys team is playing, if the Cowboys come out and play, it's going to be really hard for me to beat them. I like this Buffalo team. I advocated uh, in our Discord chat. I said, hey, Buffalo is the the, the side to, to be on last week. I thought that was the, the right play with the plus odds there. Again, we're, we're constantly kind of looking for value with plus odds in these coin toss type situations. And um, that's the same thing here. And just this week it happens to be fading Buffalo. So so we've liked Buffalo a lot this season. I think they're a good team. Uh, but the price on this one, if you give me Buffalo – you know plus 150 might be a different story right but we always talk about there's a price you play every side at and the price of plus 120 for the Cowboys definitely worth
1: an investment here for your Sunday afternoon would, would you ever think about moving the line to where like Dallas Bob minus one or something like that to see how much the odds change like is there a point where sideline would throw that at an a grade?
0: You know, that's a good question. I've uh, been thinking about this recently, especially with all the, the same game parlay stuff and how you can like basically pick your number. I haven't really messed with any of that. The, the model has the capability to grade all that stuff out. I personally don't like to look at it because then... I am not good with decisions. And so then it becomes a, you would have a decision point for every number and then you have to, and then we could, we'd have to run the model, calculate the probability then compare that to the breaking point of the odds. And then there probably would be, um, but that's a lot of work to do. Maybe one day with the NFL in college it would be a little bit tougher. Maybe one day with the NFL, we, we would do that. We could actually post that and, and, and have a little bit more in-depth, uh, analysis on that. So I think there's there's probably some value there, but the way I treat it personally is I tend to assume that the same value roughly that exists on the Cowboys money line would be roughly the same as the spread. There are some differences in there. And I think we talk about college basketball, those differences specifically in college basketball, because lagging fouls and throw a wrench and everything, but being college basketball, there's 5,000 games, and so we're betting a lot of games in college basketball. And so, a one or two percent difference in college basketball can really add up over the course of the season. In the NFL, with so few games, it probably doesn't matter. I would assume, though, that the edge, um, in looking at alternate spreads, whether it's minus one, minus two, whatever and money line, all those different things. So it's all within about a percentage to our point. So I would always just tell people in that situation, kind of do whatever you like, whatever you're comfortable with. And I would say that the value is probably rounding error difference and rounding error in the NFL. I'm not sure matters as much as I think it really matters in college basketball because we have so many plays. So hopefully that answers your question. Well, that was an interesting answer for our viewers. Parting words for the viewer. As we head into a fun week 15, where we've got a Thursday game, three Saturday games, all the Sunday games, Sunday night and Monday night. So we got games, all over in college football bowl season starting
1: on saturday so a lot of football happening this weekend yeah i mean it's a great time to be a football better and i mean that's a great time to get here on dub club to get all the extra goodies and i mean you know it's getting close to the christmas season you may have forgotten to get somebody a gift who knows this could be a good one if they're a sports gambler you know just sign them up for three six months and like let them choose if they want to keep it going or not i mean it's dub club is so worth it with all i mean you saw the roi there on the opening screen the nfl's been killing it basketball's coming around and you and jared have been absolutely murdering the college football scene so it's uh it's, it's worth it it's worth its weight
0: yep very well said that'll take us to our outro music hopefully you're with us in college basketball if not we'll see you for some college football talk here coming up soon